everybody. Welcome back to Rock and Ramble Podcast. You're here with Andrea and Victoria. And we are back for another round of rambling on about one of our favorite bands. And Victoria, who are we going to be talking about today? Today is none other than Motley Crue. So they are just an American wild and notoriously excessive quintessential 80s rock band. And I think... In my head, I've always known classic rock, Motley Crue, classic rock. I know, like, you know, the crazy outfits, the crazy costumes. I know about all that. Mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know why, but I didn't realize that in, I guess they're considered heavy metal, which I hadn't thought of. And yeah. it makes sense once you put all, because, you know, I'm used to hearing the songs splattered in between other songs. You know, it's yeah, part of either like, a playlist or on the radio. And right. when you put them With all other, together, like, like classic rock songs. Yeah, they, they do go pretty hard. Uh, consistent yeah I honestly like I know obviously all their biggest hits um Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's plenty of of their songs that I'm gonna be like what this is Molly Crew." (laughs) yeah um yeah there's a few that I've liked since doing more research like I knew Mm -hmm. you know like you said like a lot of the more popular songs that probably everyone knows I feel like girls 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 is yeah probably the most smoking you know immediately yeah. Um, recognizable Motley Crue song. Um, so Motley Crue has mm-hmm. four members Init- initially and for the most part. It's Nikki Six, the bassist and the songwriter. Like He's the songwriter pretty much throughout. Um, yeah. And we're going to, well, I'll tell you a little more about him in a minute. Tommy yeah. Lee, which I'm sure many people <laughs> know who that is, um, who is the drummer. Yeah. Mick Mars, the guitarist. Mm-hmm. And Vince Neil, the singer. Yeah. And I can, like, so clearly picture Vince Neil, and I already knew what he looked like from music videos, and then even, I've seen some pictures of him older, and uh, I went down a little wormhole uh, <laughs> when I was looking at this, and there's just some memes now, and I just feel bad for the guy. He, Aww. in his older age, that uh, he's, uh, yeah, definitely been in some memes. <laughs> some of them are pretty <laughs> funny, but... But that's now what I think of. No, (laughs) that's now what I think of. Like when I imagine Vince Neil, and I never did before, and I'm like, oh, too bad. So we'll start with Nikki Six. So he was originally like I'm sure everybody knows Nikki Six was not like his birth name, but he was originally (laughs) Frank Piranha Jr. from when he was born in 1958 all the way up to 1978. So about 20 years, he kind of grew up with his grandparents because. His dad left early on, mm-hmm. and his mom was not the greatest parent to him based on, you know, several accounts, and I got the cops called on his mom, like, on purpose, um, oh. just kind of, like, set her up for something, and just wasn't a good home vibe, so he mm-hmm. lived with his grandparents, and when he turned 20, he was like, you know what, I don't want to carry my dad's name around, because, like, he never meant anything to him, so he changed his name. And I knew that. I figured he'd change his name to Nikki Six. What I didn't know was that... I just thought that, that was like his stage name. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you would think like... So his name Nikki is legally Six. Nikki Six? It used to be. He legally oh, changed okay. his name to Nikki okay. Six. Um, and he actually stole the name, though, from mm. the frontman of another band called Squeeze. And the frontman's name was originally Jeff Nicholson. So... Motley Cruz Nikki Six spells it N I K K I for uh-huh. Nikki, and then Six is S I X X. Right. So this front man that he also had heard this from was spelled 
N-I-K-I, so just one K, and then six was S-Y-X-X. So on the last episode when we were discussing sticks, I was just like, man, something about the X's and, you know, just that is like just a cool look for a name and sound, you know, like. Yeah. Okay. So so I just thought that was funny. Isn't that the band that's like tempted by the fruit of the banana? I think so. Isn't that Squeeze? I think so. We can look at that. Hold on. Tempted by the fruit listeners you'll let us know oh yeah you're right oh am i yeah yay yeah yeah that song is called labeled with love i would not have known that i don't think yeah i had no idea what that song was called but they might end up on our on our one hit wonders because i don't know any other songs yeah (laughs) i had not made that connection before so yeah so um so yeah so he growing up just kind of wanted to be in that like cool like kind of alternative lifestyle and wasn't quite fitting he was in where already he a was. bad dude because he stole a name right <laughs> yeah <laughs> the first strike against Starting him exactly. life crime yeah so he was like oh i'm gonna go to hollywood or you know la and start a band i want to be in a band and i'm you know it's the 80s and I, I feel like it's still that way today as people are like you know what i need to go to california to make it yeah. but um he was in two different bands uh, initially, Sister, and then another band called London. And we're I gotta touch on those in a minute. But uh-huh. he was not a natural musician. When he first started out in the band, he kind of like hooked up with a girl who was in her own band, and they tried teaching him music. And they were like, "Oh my god, this guy has like no beat. He cannot keep a beat. He has no <laughs> rhythm, and he's just like struggling." But he like truly just willed himself into it, and so he like quote knew unquote how to play at this point so he was teaching he learned the bass to an extent and (laughs) was in this band sister and the band london i think you'll find this interesting so in that band at one point cinderella's drummer fred curry was the drummer in this band and izzy stradlin the guitarist in guns and roses was also part of this band so it's just funny now these people probably didn't know what they were going to go on to do but it's just like oh this guy was from here and this guy from there and you see that a lot yeah yeah oh that's funny that that was interesting but he was really the fuel informing motley crew because then he met up with tommy lee and they he knew tommy lee because tommy lee was in another band in this little circuit of small la clubs yeah, it was like the community. Um, yeah and so they they knew of each other and then nikki met up with him and tommy lee was still in high school technically i don't i don't remember if he had dropped out already at this yeah, point all these guys are so but, young yeah so young and just like made these like huge decisions so yeah they met up and nikki was like i want to be in a band and Tommy Lee had like a, a very different family upbringing. He mostly had a pretty close nuclear family. He did butt heads with his dad, but like just very different than Nikki Six's yeah. background as far as family. Um, lots of energy. He one thing I thought was funny because I I didn't know this was Tommy Lee did ballet and dance um, growing oh. up, and he just like kind of wanted to be different and that kind of stuff. And his sister. Um, Gives him I, some I, depth. I watched a bunch of different things. I read a bunch of different articles, but I can't remember in which one. His sister said he was nickna- nicknamed the two by four because he was like so tall and so stiff and like wasn't very good at moving, but he, I guess, enjoyed it or wanted that to be like, you know, on his list of skills. So yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then the third band member, um, 
Mick Mars, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you know is also not a real yeah. name. Um, he was like originally, yeah, he was originally Bob Deal or Robert Deal, so you can see why he <laughs> changed it. Um, but he was like seven to ten years older than the other band members. He was born mm-hmm. in I mean, 1951, so you know the other band members were closer to the 60s or uh-huh. in the 60s. But he had already tried to be in other bands. He was in other bands before, but more blues-based bands, and mm-hmm. all those bands just didn't work. They just failed mm-hmm. miserably, and. Since he's older, he already had two kids. He's married and yeah. just like really desperate, like needs something yeah. and trying to support them and all that. So Mick put an ad in the paper, which we talked about oh, with Tom man. Petty. And yeah. I can't remember which other band where, where it's like it was the Flopper. newspaper was. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was so vital to these yeah. bands becoming heart, performing. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's my own episode. Come on. Um <sighs> So yeah, he he put an ad in the paper saying he could play guitar, da da da, and Nikki Six called and Nikki and Tommy immediately liked him, so he was like, "You're in," and he threw out the course of the band's like discography and all that. He was really a big part of adding like more of a bluesy sound here and there throughout the songs, and he did help write some of the songs too. As he was also credited as a songwriter, but him being older, he also kind of was much tamer. Than the other guys because he had already kind of lived the really young and new to the rock and roll scene and you know yeah. trying to make it like all that so i mean he did drink and i'm sure he had his share still during yeah. molly crew I'm, i doubt he was like you know a little saint An over angel. there <laughs> but the other three were way more into everything than he was the last one the last main member is vince neal so he's the only mm-hmm. one or he when i think of him used to when i used to think of him i pictured him as like just his young self, but also now, I guess, a little bit. Um, he's like this tan, very tanned looking guy to me with like platinum blonde hair. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I think of now. So oh, yeah. he, growing up, was pretty close with his family, too. And he took dance lessons also. And he wow. won figure skating competitions. He's like pretty big into all that. And his Impressive. parents, like in the interviews, they're like, we're so proud of him. And he was just like, <sighs> you know, all this stuff. And... He ended up having a kid at 16 and dropped out and moved out at 17, focused on music and all that. So they were like, we were so disappointed and we just didn't know, you know, for his future. I mean, that's got to be scary because think of how many people, especially that are trying to make it in like a rock band, you know? Yeah. Just anything could happen. Yeah. If you have kids, it's just so two of their members already had kids. Yeah. And he was in a band in high school. Um in a band called Rock Candy, but it's spelled rock and then like your nickname, A-N-D-I, but all one oh, word. Okay. So Rock Candy. Okay. And he um, had met Tommy Lee in high school. So Tommy Lee was the one that was kind of like, hey, I know of a guy who could sing for us because Nikki was like, we need a band. I want to make a band. We got to get big. We need a good uh-huh. singer. And so Tommy Lee was like, I know somebody. <laughs> so got him in and uh-huh. they kind of stayed in that like little L.A. venue, like small they became like really big within that scene. They had huge parties. That's kind of what they at that time were known for and well yeah. continued to be known for for much of their career. They would just absolutely trash their apartments. Like when you think sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like you that's Molly, Molly Crew. Like I know other bands did it, but they were just notoriously excessive for everything. So they sold out this little club in LA called Whiskey A Go-Go, which I guess is really famous. And yeah. I need to look into that more. Um, yeah, that but that would really be interesting. Familiar. 
Yeah. When they sold that out, a record company noticed them. The record company was called Electra, and they were like, if you can sell out in LA like this, like imagine if you were exposed to the rest of the country or the world and you know how much bigger you could get. They went with them, signed with them, and they weren't like played on radio or anything yet, mm-hmm. but they kind of landed a spot on this festival called the Us Festival in California. And it had huge bands like Van Halen and Triumph and Quiet Riot, like big, big bands. And this is their first time playing like, you know, outside of those little clubs. So they played terribly Mm -hmm. and like terribly. And even, you know, in their interviews, they're like, oh, yeah, we like bombed that. But their like vibes and the look and energy Mm-hmm. the audience went nuts so they were like whoa so they yeah which is kind of crazy so that helped them take off so their manager was don mcgee and he also managed scorpions bon jovi skid row kiss guns and roses hootie and the blowfish and night ranger like all kind of intermittently it's so to some extent some so overlapping some yeah bands but um and there was one it's in the movie also, but I think I saw a quote somewhere where he was like, I mean, I know rock and roll lifestyle is going to be, you know, pretty intense, but Motley Crue took it somewhere else and like I wasn't ready kind of thing. Like he was like, whoa, basically what, just like. What movie are you talking Oh, so, okay. So Tommy Lee wrote a book in 2001 that was just about his life in Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. And that became a movie on Netflix called oh, the, the Dirt. Dirt? Okay. Yeah. That's what I and about. In that movie, he says something to that effect also. Okay, but, yeah. Oh, and funny note is when they wrote Shout at the Devil, mm-hmm. he Nikki Six was in, you know, the little recording studio writing with another songwriter, not from the band. And the other songwriter was like, this guy can't even play the bass. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> and, and the answer was like, oh, well, he's like more of an entertainer and like the songwriter, <laughs> like, which I thought was hilarious because... How do you, like, you know, will a band into existence then? I mean, clearly he's good enough to, yeah. you know, hang. But it's just really funny to be like, this guy can't even play. <laughs> he's like, going to become, you know, part of one of the biggest bands in the world at that time. Oh, that's that, funny. That made me laugh. Yeah. Um, so as they're going, um, Livewire became, like, was their crowd favorite? Have you heard that yeah. song? That is, like, one of my, like, new current favorites from them right now. Okay. It's a fun song. Yeah, but Shout at the Devil was kind of like their breakthrough, like, single and album that mm-hmm. heard, once people heard that, they were like, oh, now I want to go hear their first album, and so okay. it got them more fans. And on the Shout on the shout at the Devil, so on the last episode, you talked about uh, Tipper Gore and, like, how she kind of warned people about, you know, Styx is releasing satanic music or things like right. that. Like, like, don't let your children listen. Yeah. So Motley Crue being the oppositional type of people, like mm-hmm. if they're saying don't do this, they're going to do it. Right. So they really embraced that. And I don't even know if they believed in any of that. They just knew it was going to like ruffle feathers. Originally on the cover of Shout at the Devil, they had a pentagram on it. And the record label was like, mm, that's not going to happen. And it seems like maybe some of them were printed like that too. And then re-released with the pictures of the four band members instead because they were like, that's not going to fly. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, Theater of Pain, on that album, they have Home Sweet Home. And yeah, ah, that's that's a really, really, really good song. And according to McMars, who's the guitarist, was like in his head, he thought it was like 
the first rock and roll power ballad, which I was trying to think like, I don't really have a good timeline of when all these songs that you and I enjoy came out. So I can't say this was first or this was first, but that is definitely a rock power ballad. So it definitely is. And I remember reading something when we were doing the sticks one, uh, the sticks podcast, and somebody had said that uh, Dennis DeYoung was named like the father of power ballads. Oh, um, okay. And like so, lady and, yeah. yeah, lady and babe and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that would make sense, but um, I don't know what like the first actual power ballad would be. Maybe Home Sweet Home. Yeah, I would have to like. Maybe we'll do this. Is you and I will come up with like five power ballads in our head. Ooh, yeah. And then we'll kind of just make a timeline. Like how we must be nerds because we're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like a timeline. Can we make a PowerPoint? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I would like that. Okay, let's do that. Um, what if we talked about like how, what if we're like terrible at, you know, these Instagram or TikTok videos? Maybe let's just do PowerPoints and release it <laughs> and like hashtag PowerPoint. <laughs> hashtag the more you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Included is a laser pointer. (laughs) (laughs) We are the group members who do all the work for you. Yeah. So, okay. So going back to Molly Crew, they are living it up. If the drugs and sex was crazy when they were like just a little L.A. band, like this is just exponentially bigger and more of an issue now with them. And in December of 1984, they were all having a party, as they do, and Vince Neal was in an accident. He was driving the car drunk on, like, an alcohol run with a friend from another band named, nicknamed Razzle, but his name was Nicholas Dingley, from another band called Hanoi Rocks, and he died immediately. Um, The other people in the other car were injured and I think they said there was like like head trauma and stuff like that so they had to live with that for I'm not sure actually I didn't look in too much more into it but yeah Vince got charged with vehicular manslaughter and a DUI so he was supposed to go to jail for 30 days and do community service and paid money to the victim's family he did get out early for like you know good behavior but I want to say he also had to be sober for a little while in order, you know, yeah, well, I mean, like, court-ordered sober, yeah. not just, like, it would be a good idea. So that was an important part because that kind of comes into play, like, I guess he kind of carried a lot of that guilt and a lot of people were, like, of course. you know, 15 days in jail, is it? Like, Yeah, you know. well, I wonder if it would have been a heavier sentence, like, if it because the, the party that was actually, that died was in the vehicle with him, so it was also... Mm-hmm. partaking and mm. probably also inebriated yeah. mm-hmm. so and they willingly got into the vehicle so would it have been a bigger like sentence like he would probably still be mm. in jail or prison had he you know yeah maybe the other yeah the other people died but yeah. still very sad oh yeah so after that they released another album and that's where the song smoking in the boys room comes out and that's like one of their bigger songs yeah or like from that album but what i didn't know because i love that song or i don't know if you remember i know we've talked about our mix cds we used to make each other i feel like that made it on like every three mix cds it was just like oh i'm gonna throw this one on there again and 
it was just such a fun song and you know i know we're we were definitely like good girls in high school but it was just like smoking in the boys room and it just oh yeah felt cool <laughs> i don't know yeah we, so. we lived uh, vicariously through these songs <laughs> not ever actually partaking in yeah the, not... the actual well events. so that's a cover by a band oh. yeah i didn't know that because i was like um, I was reading about it and they were like, well, Nikki Six didn't even write that song. So I was like, wait, who wrote it then? And I thought maybe it was like one of the other band members and like kind of took a turn somewhere. No, it was a different band. I want to say they were Canadian called Brownsville Station in 1973. So like 10 years, 10 plus years before they had released yeah. it. But if I'd you've like seen that music video. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to that in our show notes um, or in our Spotify playlist, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a kid in there where... In the music video, his name is Jimmy, and he comes in later in the Dr. Feelgood music video. So in the video, he gets in trouble for something that he's, like, telling the truth about. Like, the dog, what was it? The dog ate his homework, and they're like, yeah, right. And he gets in trouble, and he's, like, letting off steam, and then Motley Crue, like, pulls him through the back of the mirror and, like, you know, turns him bad, basically. Yeah, in Dr. Feelgood, which is basically, like, drug dealer, you know. Um, oh, I yeah, sex related. No, um, I'm gonna get back into this one because this has a little interesting tidbit. Okay, so it makes the, a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew that part. The drug dealer is he's the one. Who, this makes yeah, okay. so much more sense now. <laughs> like I said, we were good girls, guys. <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking about foot massages. <laughs> I'm the one that makes you feel all bad. <laughs> okay, so oh the song you sang when I first mentioned Motley Crue was mm-hmm. Girls, Girls, Girls. Yeah. And maybe this is where my, like, you know, how naive I am comes through. Because I if I listen to the words, you should know. I know it's about girls. I know it's about them, like, you know, all that. But I didn't realize it's about the strip clubs. Like, that's the dollhouse and mm-hmm. you know they're naming them in the different verses like some of the more popular ones in those different cities which yeah. i'm like oh duh like why else would i be singing in fort lauderdale like, <laughs> i don't know you know what's but, funny about the the lyrics is when i was doing the the sticks episode i didn't mention this but i noticed like a lot of their lyrics it was like a bunch of storytelling right mm-hmm. And then with bands like this, like Motley Crue, they're just like sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like that's yeah. what we're going to sing about. And so I think that also is a interesting look at them because the sticks was a lot more, like we had said, like theatrical and stuff. But they're mm-hmm. also throughout their albums. And even the, the songs that Tommy Shaw wrote were a lot more in depth of like storytelling and and going through the album like an um, album album like yeah. start to finish you want to hear the whole thing like a book right yeah right yeah this this is more like these are good songs and we're gonna sing about it and have a good time yeah well when girls 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 was released it was a big hit like huge and they were in inducted into the stripper hall of fame for that song which i was <laughs> I like there's there a was. stripper hall of fame which I, yeah, I thought was pretty funny. Um, but funny. it like unified the band again because they were going through that rough time with like Vince Neil and some of the other mm-hmm. drug related things and smoking in the boys room being like the only at that time, like big hit, you know, mm-hmm. radio wise was kind of like a lower point for them. So 
with the success of Girls, 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 they were like, yeah, we can still do it. Like, you know, pretty mm-hmm. pumped up. And so right after Girls, Girls, Girls was released, Nikki Six technically died for two minutes. What? From a heroin overdose. Yeah. What? He, he was like so, so bad into drugs and... Yeah, a heroin overdose and was declared dead for two minutes before being revived. So that was like a huge wake-up call for them. But um, at that point, he went to rehab and the other ones all got sober for a while. Or like, you know, basically sober considering their lifestyle. I don't know how sober and for how long. But they were like, you know what? Let's take this band thing seriously. So they moved to Vancouver and focused and they like were working like really really hard on their next album and trying to like take away distractions and drugs and all that so they just focused on making a good album and that's when the album dr feel good happened and that was their first number one album yeah you <laughs> sing about a drug dealer yeah. while they're like super sober yeah so that song or that album went on to be their first number one album so for them it was like a, yeah like we can still do this and make good music and all that um, yeah and then, sadly, so that was released in 1989. They toured that. Good year. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> they toured that. And then in 1992, so this is where their band, pretty consistently they had been those four members, except maybe like some people who tried out in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's been those four members this whole time. But in 1992, Vince Neil left and he was replaced by someone else. And so he left from 1992 to 1997 and then he came back, you know, was part of the band again. But in 1999 to 2002, Tommy Lee left. And another part that relates to another one of the episodes, Randy Castillo replaced him until so it was when Randy Castillo was with Motley Crue that he was diagnosed with cancer and passed away from it. So he was with Motley Crue. Yeah, for those of y'all that know, Randy Castillo was the drummer for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, who also yeah. Um, was on Def Leppard for a minute or helped uh, them Cinderella. out. Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. But he was in... He... he did something with Def Leppard, too, I want to say, because it came up... No, it was it was our um, Cinderella episode that we talked about because Fred Curry filled in. So Randy Castillo was never in Cinderella, but Fred Curry was filling in for him when he, like, broke his leg or something. And so that's how he got an audition with Cinderella because Cinderella was like, oh hey, this, like, this is Ozzy's drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turns out that he wasn't, he was just filling in. I mean, still pretty impressive. And he okay, got the yeah. Cinderella. Yeah. He was the drummer on a Def Leppard tribute album. That's what oh, it is. I was okay. like, I know he's related okay. somehow to Def Leppard. But yeah, so yeah. he was with Motley Crue until he passed away. Um, yeah. But during that time when he kind of like, not that he left the band, but he like stepped away because of his illness. Samantha Maloney, who is the drummer from Hole, stepped in to be Motley Crue's drummer for a little while. And Motley Crue toured until 2015. And as of now, they have a legal agreement where all four band members, the original four band members, signed a contract that they cannot perform or tour under Motley Crue unless all four of those members are involved, which I thought was interesting because we've seen a lot of times, and they had even gone through it themselves of like, okay, well, if you don't want to join us or if you're out of the band, then we're going to have this person. And Mm -hmm. they just put a stop to that or were like, no, we're doing it all of us now if we do it again. So like I mentioned before, The Dirt is on Netflix and it's based on Tommy Mm -hmm. Lee's book, which and I thought of you because um, the guy who plays Mick Mars 
is Ra- the one, the same actor who plays Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Oh. Same guy. And obviously, like, done up as a Motley crew member, so it looks totally funny. strange in that outfit. But, yeah, yeah, that's him. And I was like, oh, Andrew would love that. And uh, MGK and Pete Davidson are in it, too. Which... Actually, Lane was the one that liked. I never liked Ramsey. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, I didn't care for Ramsey. He <laughs> was crazy and... But uh, Lane had a thing for him. Yeah, well, I think he's really cute. The bad guys, but yeah, he's like a really fucked up kind of bad guy, not like a really motorcycle crazy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So just quick little Nikki Six. Since then, worked with different bands and artists. Had a radio station. Was as you know, tied on and off to Kat Von D. And you can explain how you know that so well. Yeah. So. Uh, it was like t- 2009, 2008. Uh, we were going to a Halloween party at our one of our best friends' um, dorms at UT, and I had this new boyfriend, and I was going to be Kat Von D, and I was like, oh, it'd be really cute if you're Nikki Six because, you mm-hmm. know, they're dating, and I was like, I'll color your hair because he had blonde hair, and I was like, I'll color your hair, and you can wear eyeliner and all that. And he was not into it at all. <laughs> he was not into it. But he did wear a black shirt. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to dress as Sunny and Cher, where I'm Sunny and he's Cher because he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and I'm not. I'm like five six and a half or three quarters. <laughs> um, but I always thought that would be fun to, to dress as Sunny and Cher. But uh, I guess everything worked out because I married him and now we're still together. So, But he still does not like dressing up for Halloween. The only, I will say the only time that we had like a really good solid outfit, well, we had a couple, we dressed as zombies one year, but the year that we dressed as an old couple was like <laughs> the best we've ever done because we actually put a lot of effort into that and looked the part. Um, so that was my favorite Halloween with him. And now we just take our kids trick or treating and we kind of dress up sometimes, but mostly mm-hmm. it's all about the kids. And I'm the candy. I think if we had any good kids ones, the I know for us, it was another one of those, um, Jessica's Halloween parties, the same yeah. best friend of ours. Um, we were Popeye and Olive and oh, yeah, that was good. I don't think we had any other good ones. I know. After college, uh, when we were married already, we <laughs> couldn't think of anything, and we were supposed to go to, you know, a costume party, and we were like, oh, let's do Hootie and the Blowfish, but I would be an owl, and he would be a blowfish, and <laughs> we are like, we can totally DIY this. <laughs> it was terrible. So for him, we got him, like, I think from a thrift store, like this huge oversized long sleeve shirt. <laughs> and put a pillow in his <laughs> and then got like pipe cleaners and stuck it through a bunch of holes and it surprisingly did not look good it's really i'm surprised it didn't I, but how have i not heard this and how have i not seen a picture it is surely i'll take pictures no the girls i went with through my other uh good friends and with casey she dressed up as a cute lion okay <laughs> she's in like you know tight little outfit black and little lion ears and then my friend katie went as windy pumpernickel from sandlot oh so yeah. she's like a really cute lifeguard and i'm dressed in like 
Peppercorn. Pe- what did like, I say? Pe- like pumpernickel. <laughs> <laughs> Windy peppercorn, right? Yes. I guess. Um, I, don't, I know pumpernickel isn't right, but I don't know. Why I've done that. So Victoria doesn't have like a great history of... No, you do have a great history. <laughs> oh, oh um, Halloween costumes. Halloween costumes. There was one year, it was like <laughs> our junior year of high school. So we go to Shauna's house and everybody's dressed up. And so we're all in high school. And of course, all the girls are, you know, trying to be real cute and wear like short little outfits. And our friend Jessica was like a beer maid. And so she had like yeah. one of those really cute That's outfits. So cute. <laughs> yeah, she really did look the part. But she had like the leader hosen, like stock stockings, and like mm-hmm. the basically she was like a sexy little beer maid. And then I wasn't, I wasn't dressed like sexy or anything. Yeah. I was. Yours was out. like a cute little. My mom short. made my outfit. It yeah. wasn't short, but it was like this nude, so nude dress form fitting. I was Pocahontas. Okay. Yes. But <laughs> but it was nude. like. But okay, no, I didn't say you were nude. The dress I went was as a nudist. <laughs> not not no, sexy so, at all. No. So anyways, it's more on the scale of cuter than. It, no, it was cute. It was definitely cute, and I got to wear. I was actually wearing um, my grandma's turquoise necklace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went as Pocahontas. My mom made my outfit. I was wearing like little moccasins, so it was more cute. But it definitely wasn't like the yeah. like a sexy Pocahontas. Anyway, Victoria <laughs> comes to my house beforehand, and we get ready to go. <laughs> you were like. Little House on the Prairie. I don't even know what you were dressed as, but you were from like covered from head to toe. You had like a bonnet on, a long <laughs> sleeve, long dress. It's like the dresses that they sell at Target now. It's like one of oh, those. Yeah. It was a Very, white, like, just. But you look yeah. like Laura Ingle. <laughs> Wilder, yeah. It was, Wilder, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not but the you were, cutest. It was very cute. It was just so funny. We'll have to put a picture up of all the girls in. It's like four or five of us girls all together. And of course, there's like a lot of skin showing. And then right there is Victoria. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> head to toe covered in this really pretty like blue uh, little dress. But it was huh. so, so funny. That's so at Shauna's house, um, like I guess a year or two years before, we're like, oh, let's do like an easy costume. So we were like, let's be mummies. And with Carrie, I don't know if you remember Carrie. And we're like, cool, we can just wear like, white shirts. <laughs> white shirts and like light denim jeans and then just uh-huh. wrap ourselves in saran wrap with toilet paper or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, our, you know, bright idea didn't work because I think it was at Shauna's house. They only had blue saran wrap. So we, we wrapped ourselves. And then, and then it was like, oh, this is taking way more saran wrap than we all thought. So we're this only really like hot. barely covered. And we just look like just stupid. Like it really is just like, you know, three wraps of saran wrap per arm. And then like two times around your middle. And that we put our arms out and we're like, we're mummies. And it was just not a great. Where did y'all choice? We went around. We did the, the like community na- hayride at Shauna's neighborhood. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and then the next time I dressed up, it, I guess senior year, mm-hmm. when we went to Christy's house, and then your mom was like, "Oh, are you supposed to be a hooker?" Like my first oh, attempt yeah. at trying a cute one, and your mom was like, "Oh, cool, are you supposed to be a hooker?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> <It wasn't>. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> I went from one extreme to the 
to the next thing. <laughs> you were like a mafia girl. Right? Yeah, I was like, like something like that. Yeah. I, in my mom's defense, you were wearing like a tight little cute outfit. <laughs> it was a big difference from the year before. So she probably saw the year before and was like, oh, this wholesome girl. And then the next year, oh, now she's a hooker. <laughs> oh, something's happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had like you had a gun and like a cigarette. I remember that cigarette. It was cigarette? like, yeah, you had a cigarette, and when you like blew in it, it blew out smoke. No! and so yes! we were all yeah. And, and I went as like... a huh. No, I I remember because it had the little red tip like yeah, yeah, oil yeah. or something. Looking. Yeah, I have those pictures. I went as a go go oh, girl, and yeah. my mom made my costume again. She just shortened my sister's homecoming dress. That was cute. And it was cute. I and Jessica was like Batwoman, right? Yeah, she was like Batgirl. So I told you about Nikki Six, mm-hmm. right? Oh okay, yeah, yeah. and he... then we went off to Kat Von D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he um, did Six A.M. wasn't that was a band, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was in parts of several other bands for like a good chunk of time. Two thousand to two thousand seventeen, he was kind of here and there in different bands. Oh, that's even... a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so okay, so Tommy Lee. This one part I think you'll like. He's an animal rights activist and and, and involved with PETA. Um, married some big names and some other stuff. But Heather Locklear and Pamela Anderson. And right. Right now, so we talked about The Dirt being on Netflix. Um, there's a new Hulu show called Pam and Tommy, I think. Yeah, I haven't um, watched that yet, but I want to. I haven't either. But I, I heard it was interesting. Um, yeah, but it's he. With- I'm sorry. It's with one of the girls from um, Downton Abbey. Lily James. Yeah. 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 And she completely transforms into Pam Anderson. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, um, so he also, though, since, you know, we're talking about where are they now? He's yeah. definitely been in trouble with the law for violence in different instances. Right. Some of them against women or like the women he was married to yeah, or, domestic. you know. Yeah. Um, and some, and I don't know if it's been proven, so I'm just going to say allegedly racist and anti-Semitic issues Ugh. here and there. Yeah. And I think Nikki Six was involved in a couple of, or at least one of the instances. Um, Vince Neil, the lead singer, during that time he left the band, he actually lost his young daughter, Skylar, when she was only Aww. four to cancer. Ugh. Um. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I know. That's so sad. Ugh. Yeah. Um, at one point, he was into, into car racing. He, at another point, went solo, and then he reunited with the band. And he has also been in trouble with the law for violence a few times. Um, and he's done a bunch of other, like, business ventures. Like, he had something to do with wine. He had something to do with, a, like, a bar or restaurant thing. Yeah, and like, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you knew more about this than I did. I didn't. I didn't know all that. I just knew their songs, and I was like, "No, yeah, I just, that's it. it." It, you know, how whenever you hear something and it brings up like this old memory, and mm. you're like, "I think did I make that up?" Mm-hmm. And so whenever I heard his name, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a restaurant or something." Yeah, um, he totally has a had a bar in West Palm Beach called Doctor Feelgood's Bar and Grill. And so um, yeah, opens he opened Feel Goods in Miami, and Feel Goods in Las Vegas. He's also been in the gentlemen's club business. No surprise. 
He's also part of the Stripper Hall of Fame, so this makes sense. This yeah. tracks. This tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he he was at one point part of part or the owner of the Las Vegas Outlaws and the Arena Football League, but that oh, got taken over. Okay. So just like all over the place, kind of. Yeah. Just, I guess seeing what's gonna stick. And McMars has worked with other bands here and there, um, and he also has an unreleased solo album. But something else that kind of hindered him from like really partaking in the like partying and everything is he has a condition called ankylosing spondylitis which affects his spine and there was um i think an article on rolling stone about it or not just about that but it was mentioned where it was like basically like your spine is turning into like cement and just kind of like like, fusing together it's just like and also kind of makes him shrink like it brings his forces his body down so i think he's like technically lost three inches of height and like cannot i think he's had his hip replaced and he had him replaced that'd be so painful much younger yeah Yeah. and there there was a comment too he's like well at least now i'm just looking at my guitar because he's like you know hunched over more now so he's definitely had a rough yeah time since yeah moving on to the songs real quick Mm -hmm. um we talked about smoking in the boys' room, how that was just like on my mix CDs like all the time. Yeah. But girls, girls, girls. So two things about girls, girls, girls besides Stripper Hall of Fame uh-huh. is that was I, our song choice for during my wedding when we had the wedding bouquet toss, the bride's Hello. bouquet toss, I mean. Yeah. Um, I think so. I got married in 2013 and the super common was Single Ladies by Beyonce, which I yeah. love Beyonce, too. But yeah. I was like, oh, it has to be girls, girls, girls. And I don't know. It made mm-hmm. sense to me. And for the guys, we did another one bites the dust for the garter toss. Oh, so, kind of stuck to my roots. Yeah, there stuck to that. That's nice. Yeah. Ours were, I did Shania Twain, the let's go girls. Boom, boom. Nice. And I feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Craig's was no diggity by Blackstreet. Oh that makes sense for him, too. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't he cover that now? Yes. Right? Yeah. So sense? Craig... Yeah, Craig is in a, a 90s cover band called Zoo Dust. Um, definitely check them out. They're so good. They're Austin's number one party band. Um, but yeah, they cover that song. They do a bunch of um, like R&B. So they do that and they do like, this is how we do it. And they do, um, oh, the, what is, ugh, I hate this song. No, I don't hate this song. Oh, but I, Pony. Yeah, Pony, because Craig always does it with his mouth and he's like, bleh. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And, like, I love that song. <laughs> I know everybody loves that song, but it just—I'm like, oh my gosh, I hear it so much, and so I—I I just started. But of course, you know, you have to dance to it because it really is a catchy song. But yeah, that pony song actually makes me think of Portland. And after we, mm, you know, Portland partook, <laughs> yeah, that song came on and was like, yes, this is exactly the song I wanted to hear. And oh, just different yeah. mindset, you know. Yeah, uh, anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> real quick, one of the guys that is in Zoodust with uh with Craig, his name's Adam. And shout out to Adam. He's the one that actually made the uh intro and outro music for us, the theme song, um, Wake Up to the Night. So the song that plays before and after our podcast uh was written and or composed by Adam Huffy of Chop Busted, which we have the link in the show notes. So check that out as well. They have a lot of good stuff on Spotify. So 
We talked about Home Sweet Home, and we still need to make so good. a list of power ballads, or maybe yes. okay. you know we yeah, got to figure that. that out, or a poll, no, or something. Because yeah, I would like to yeah. talk about that. Um, but the other thing, and this is going to come up because spoiler, uh, the next band I want to do is Van Halen for myself, <laughs> and so there's two songs. Not that they sound the same necessarily, but these two songs remind me of two Van Halen songs. So, okay. shout at the devil. Not a big stretch, but it reminds me of Running with the Devil. Like, I, I okay. think of those songs, you know, kind of interchangeably. And Running with the Devil did come out before. They're either shouting at him or running with him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting because it's been in my head already that I want to do okay. Van Halen. And so right. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, as I'm listening to all these songs again, I'm like, oh, that's that's what that makes me think of. Maybe and you then, subconsciously chose because of that. Yeah, maybe it is. And then, <laughs> again, saying this song, Girls, Girls, Girls. Reminds me of Panama. And I know they're not. Oh. It's just those songs to me are like similar vibes or something. I just. Yeah. I kind of always think of those two in tandem. And I. Yeah. Just interesting. They're, the Van Halen song that reminds me mostly of Motley Crue, I feel like, is Hot for Teacher. Um, oh, yeah. The yeah. beginning. The like mm-hmm. the double kick drum. Mm-hmm. Like really going hard on the drums. Didn't uh, we reference that when when you, I mean, when you started dating Craig, it was before yes. he was a teacher, but yep. that came up once he did become a teacher. We're like, oh, it works for you now. This is so I exciting. absolutely <laughs> did make that like my Facebook status post or whatever when he got his first <laughs> teaching job. It was like right before we got married and he, uh, he had graduated and he was applying all over, trying to get a job. And he got hired on as, was like, a fourth... No, he might have been third grade. Um, but he got hired on as a teacher. And so, of course, me being me, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. I'm hot for teacher. <laughs> Congratulations, Craig. <laughs> My sister was like, you were so weird. <laughs> Which we knew. So. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. She's, um, she let's that. see. So some of their biggest songs... And I'm, I'm, I know you'll know these are Kickstart My Heart, Smoking in the Boys Room, Home Sweet Home, Shout at the Devil, Dr. Feel Good, Girls, 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 Live Wire, and Wild Side. Live Wire is the one that I think maybe not as many people know, um, but that is a really good one. Yeah. And then, so now for my one hit wonder, I know you know the song. And again, let's say one hit wonder doesn't mean they don't have other good songs or other songs that might have done all right, but it's like, this is the song that kind of define them and it's just like their main song. Like they cannot yeah, do the a concert without this song. Yeah. yeah. So this is Heart in My Heart by Quarter Flash. Oh. Yeah. So it reached, my heart. My heart. yeah, it reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1982. And I cannot be fooled into singing because I heard the Barracuda and my voice did not do what I wanted it to do and didn't know that until I heard it back. And I was like, oh, that is not at all what I was going for. So damn it, don't sing anymore because I'm going to want to sing with you. And I don't want to hear that back. That's a good pick. Good pick. Thank you. I was pretty proud of that one. What's so funny is like um, as I'm listening to the radio, I will hear songs and I'm like, oh, and I have to like write down real quick. Like the song that I'm, the song that's going to go on the next podcast that we do for my pick, I already have it in mind. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Me too. I have it too. <laughs> yeah. So I just tried to 
instead of like having to like look them up or something yeah i feel like in that era i also think of pet benatar as like just like a really great yes. and she's on my list of like bands to like or you know she's people to dive into cover. yeah um all right. So do you have anything else to add for Motley Crue? Um, just that I need to, I have to admit, I have not watched The Dirt. I meant to, and then I just never got around to watching it because there's so much stuff, like, that you can watch now. And there's so many streaming services and platforms, and it just got lost in the mix. But yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to be watching that, and I'm going to be watching the um, Tommy and... Pam, Pam and Tommy, yeah, Pam and whatever Tommy. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually started making a list. It's not long, but <laughs> the dirt was on one of them, and surprisingly, I've never seen Almost Famous, so that's on oh, my list. I want to watch that's that. Like one of Craig's very favorite movies, so I've oh, seen really? it a few times. Yeah. Um, and then I also want to see Rock of Ages, so I want to okay. watch those and along with Pam and Tommy. And then I'm sure as we keep going, you've there's seen Rockstar, be... right? No, I have not. What? With um, Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston? but I've heard it's... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. No, I have seen that one. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. Stand up and shout. Yes. No, I have seen that one. I was like, I've heard there's a scene, but that's Boogie Nights. Yes, I have seen Rockstar. that's Boogie Nights. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. I have seen Rockstar. I completely forgot I have until... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to cross that off my list because I just wrote it down when you said it. Yeah, I Um, would not add Boogie Nights to your list, but if you want to. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah so um i'm assuming what you're talking about i started watching the dirt here and yeah. i was like i wonder if i can watch this later like if the kids are just playing no don't do that don't okay, do that good. just like don't even have it in the background or like if they seem distracted don't just what sex drugs and rock and roll is not good i know kids. but i just thought it would be like oh i can fast forward this part but it's just like lots so especially like the first couple minutes um that's all we need I will say that my kids don't sing, uh, they don't sing any Motley Crue, but the newest song that Jack has gotten into, it gets stuck in his head. He says he doesn't like it, but he's always singing it, (laughs) and it's, I was made for loving you, baby, you were made for loving yeah, uh, by Kiss. And the reason why I showed him that song is because there's a, a show that they like to watch called Teen Titans Go!, and on that show, there's a song by, I don't even know if this band is real or not, but it's called B-E-R. Um, the song is called The Night Begins to Shine. And so The Night Begins to Shine, it sounds like this 80s song, and it's actually a really catchy song. And mm. the kids love it, and they always ask Alexa to play. And so I guess I just like subconsciously was like, Alexa, play you know, mm-hmm. I was made for loving you. And so Jack really, he, it gets caught in his head and he'll start singing it. He's like, oh, I don't even like this song. <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. Yeah. That song is. will always make me think of now uh, Moulin Rouge because it's like part of the mon- or the medley. Oh, yeah. It's like, the only, after that part, yeah, it's like the only yeah, way of yeah. loving me, baby, is to pay a lovely fee. It's like, yeah. Just one. I'm, I won't go into the whole song. It sounded like it. I was, but I. <laughs> I, won't. I almost sang it, so that's a good thing. I saved you guys. I saved you. You didn't have to hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that covers Motley Crew. So until next Wednesday, rock out and ramble on. Bye.